Hi, Peter Borger here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now joining me today in the studio is Kate Dilio, author of the newly released book, Mutin the Megaphone. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Peter, for having me. Excited to be here. Great. So obviously, Mutin the Megaphone. It's about stop telling stories and start having conversations. Why do you think it is that the majority of marketing today doesn't sort of predispose itself to actual conversations. It's more of a monologue rather than a relationship. That's a great question. You know, um, I think that whether we like it or not, there were a couple very interesting developments in marketing in the last 10 years that really made us more predisposed in today's marketplace to do what I call one-way monologue. Uh, or megaphone type of marketing. And the first thing that happened that we may recall is, do you remember when sales funnels came yeah. onto the scene? Oh my gosh. Okay. Lovely concept from the standpoint of, again, this idea that you're really allowing people to have multiple ways to purchase from you, multiple offers. But do you remember even scrolling down these huge web pages and it was just this overwhelm of information? And I remember going to one and thinking, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do right now? What is my first step? What's my second step? And it created a sense of overwhelm. But sales funnels and click funnels became very popular. And many people used that to give 35 offers in the hope of gaining revenue and then dripping more content on their prospects. The second thing that happened, Peter, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of um, who came up with a book, um, Story Brand. Donald Miller wrote a book yep. called Story Brand. Okay. Fabulous concept. Let me tell you, I have no problem with what Donald Miller is saying on branding. His whole precipice was make the customer the center of your story. Put it, make it about them. The problem is, is that many of us took that and ran with it. And we wrote paragraph upon paragraph of content and all about us. And we really didn't actually create a narrative that allowed room and space for our customers to engage with us. And so I think that's why we're in it today in this world of megaphone marketing. Whereas I'll tell you, I'm sure you agree, none of us want to be on the other end of a monologue. We want to have a conversation. Yeah, and I suppose it's how we have those conversations because that's probably changed as well. Most people mm. consider conversations to be having to pick up the telephone. But actually today's reality is far from that. Yes, you know, what's interesting is I started to see a shift in the marketplace where brands were recognizing, wow, we're, we're losing out on a lot of prospects and customers and our customer loyalty is down if we don't find a way for people to better engage with us. One of the first ways that we might have seen this transition into conversation marketing and branding was the impetus of chat. Now, I, I think that chat is wonderful. Do you, do you agree? I mean, it's a lovely way for people to engage with you and still talk to a human, even yeah. if it's not over the phone. The other thing is, when you're in a chat window, you may be 10th in the queue, right? but it doesn't stop you doing other stuff. Whereas yes. as soon as you become on the telephone, it's like your world stops <laughs> and you're waiting for that yes. ticker to go down. 
Exactly. I have four children and this is a net real example from a, a few weeks ago. I was making an update to my website. I needed to call my hosting company and I just thought, well, let me go ahead and chat them. They have great online chat support and I'm sitting there at a game with my kids and I couldn't just stop what I was doing with children screaming and running around, but I knew that on my mobile device, I could sit there and have a conversation and get it sorted. And I did in about 10 minutes. That was I amazing. And it's great if you can actually speak to someone via a chat bot. The problem you've yes. got is when the chat function becomes AI and people are looking for the shortcut, well, let me get the AI person. The AI person, it's not even a person, is it? The AI algorithm to take care of it. And you're not actually dealing with the person. That's you're right. dealing with a set of scripts and everything. And you end up taking twice as long, which That's right. frustrates the heck out of people. I completely agree. I think, you know, brands that recognize the power of conversation are doing a wonderful job of creating avenues in which clients can, and prospects can engage with them. And whether we are, you run a solopreneur company and you're an independent coach, or you run a large, large organization, I think the question that we need to be thinking about is, am I creating room and space for people to engage with me and my brand at every level and have a conversation that's going to lead to conversion? Do I create conversations that convert? And by conversion, I mean, somebody goes, I get it. I want to take the next step. Whether that's filling out a form, purchasing, calling you, getting on a demo, whatever it is. So how do we move away from monologue marketing where actually the person is the most intelligent person in the room. They are the guru. They are the biggest thought leader out there. You must listen to them to actually having that sort of human to human kind of marketing and that human to human conversation. Great question. Okay, so in the beginnings, what you need to be thinking about is your brand messaging, right? So when I say brand, by the way, that's such a fluffy word, let's be honest, okay? So, but when I talk about brand in this context, I'm talking about the messaging that sits at the front end when somebody first engages and meets your com company in you. And so the way that I teach brand to my clients is a very simple approach about layering three key components or types of statements that actually bring this buyer to a point of readiness to want to now dig into the details of your service offerings, to now want to read your white papers and your resources and your blogs. Peter, I think at the end of the day, what we're recognizing is that order of content, order of operation is critical. Right. You don't just throw everything at everybody, hoping that something's going to stick. Which Instead, a lot of people do. Yes, we think, oh, if I throw more white papers and emails and this and this, well, hold on. If we go back to the beginning of psychology for buyers, there's three things that people need to know before they even care about you. And they need to know, tell me what you do. Tell me how you can solve my problem. And tell me how you're different from your competitors. And if you can say that, I think in 15 to 20 seconds, whether it's on the homepage of your website or it's in the Zoom room when you're talking to somebody or in an email, isn't that the stuff that compels somebody and provokes somebody to go, okay, interesting. Okay, I'm ready to keep reading. I'm ready to contact you. That's really how we move away from megaphone marketing is crystallizing a brand narrative that tells people those three things as quickly as we can and creates room then for them to take the next step.
Now, people that have been conditioned to marketing in other ways, how do they mm. re, how do they learn to do this? Because this to me is a whole new process that really probably yes. isn't intuitive for most people. It is not. I don't think writing, first off, I don't think writing a brand is intuitive to anybody, is it? I mean, my gosh, most of us, when we get into the work that we do, we're like, I did not sign up to be a salesperson or a marketer. You know, I am in my space to do what I do well. And this is where I think whether you lean on great coaches, you lean on consultants such as myself to help write brand, um, marketing agencies, I do think you need to find a partner who's great at wordsmithing. It can help you write that narrative as tightly and shortly as humanly possible without throwing out all of the cre credible and important details of how much of an expert you are. I don't ever want to see, for example, when I work with technology companies saying, oh, no, I'm saying you can't have anything on your website that talks about all the amazing features and benefits and the research. What I am saying is it probably doesn't belong front and center in the first thing that somebody sees on your homepage chances are that needs to go on a separate page where they can click when they're ready to read that layer of information. And I think the one important thing that you've also said there is get someone that is a great writer. It is. It's a writing process. And I think the tendency, the reason I say that too, is how many of us have tried writing this an email or writing our own bio? And what is the tendency? We start, we're like, hold on. And all of a sudden, it's like we come up with paragraph upon paragraph upon paragraph of corporate -y stuff, and we hope it sounds okay. Listen, 95% of us are not writers, and that is 100% okay. Yeah, and I kind of look at it from the point of view, is it doesn't mean that people cannot write, because a lot right. of people can write really well. Yes. But what they write isn't readable, i.e. people don't want to read it. And it's a very different correct. skill set. It is a different skill set, but it's the same principle that I would certainly not know how to do SEO or advertising for my company. I understand the concept, love the concepts, but if I were to go and do that myself, I would spend more time and energy hoping that I got it right. than if I just say, can you come in and take care of this? I, with any business, I think it's a cost benefit analysis. And I think if we talk about our brand narrative and how we create a message that helps us convert, Bring in somebody who can help you do that, just as you would bring in an expert to coach you, to guide you in other areas of your business. And I think that that's going to make you work smarter, not harder. Certainly, yeah. you want it to be collaborative, though. Yeah, absolutely. So my, from my experience, I always have journalists working with me. Yes, journalists are great resources. If you know a copywriter that's excellent at this, that's another way to do this, absolutely. you know, um, and, and make sure it's a collaborative approach. I've heard of many marketing agencies, and this is terrible. They'll come in, they'll do like a two-hour intake session with you. And then, you know, $30,000 later and nine weeks later, they come back and they go, here is your brand. Like they came out from yeah. behind the Wizard of Oz curtain. And you're like, this is terrible. You know, that does not serve anybody. So whoever you work with, I think it does need to be a collaborative process because it's more about taking the... 35 ways that you talk about your business and pulling that out. Great writers do that and they help you go, okay, here's the order. Got it. Here's the analogy that's going to work best that you're using. Here's where we can put these things so you feel freed up to say this in, the, in a way that makes sense to you. What other steps should businesses take in order to start creating that content that creates conversations? Yes. 
Do you know one of the most important things, and this sounds like we take, we wish it would have this down, but we take it for granted is I think it's really critical when you're trying to get your brand down that you take another look at who you're going after and why. Target audience analysis. I think the tendency is with our brand, we think, well, just because technically speaking, everybody could use you and work with you and love you. That does not mean that you should market to everybody. In fact, great brands do not market to everybody. They do a phenomenal job of marketing to one, maybe two groups, right? right. Now, and then when the over time, that market share can expand. But I always ask clients, let's go back to the beginning. Who has the highest probability of purchasing from you? Who's the most fun to work with? Who sees the best value in what you're delivering? Um, who's the easiest revenue source? Who's the fastest deal cycle? When we start looking at that, a pattern will emerge and you go, why am I going after these guys when if I just went after this group, I'd have more clients. And you know what's there interesting? Most people do it the other way, where they throw enough mud at the wall, they go after everybody, and 15, 20 years down the line, the penny finally drops, and they start a contract, and they finally understand who they're who is. Well, but you know, I think it's okay to recognize for many of us as entrepreneurs and leaders, there is this fear, right? There is this deep fear because we we are our businesses in so many ways. You know, it's very personal. There is this fear that if we don't go after everybody, we're leaving money on the table. Yeah. But what I would say is that that is leading from a place of desperation and not invitation. And great leaders, great entrepreneurs, great brands lead from a place of invitation. They recognize that like attracts like. And when you make a decision on who you're going after and why, the right people are going to look at that message and go, this person gets me, yes. And I think that's more important now than ever, especially when you look at what's going on in the global economy, where we've got worldwide inflation. Let's talk yes. about multiple countries, if not even continents, going into recession. Right. You definitely want to be moving away from desperation marketing now more than ever. That is exactly right. We recognize that we look at brands and people and coaches and entrepreneurs, and we are, we're fascinated with the ones that stand in this place of humble confidence, aren't we? We are just, we are so attracted to them. And yet, why is it then when we look at our own messaging and marketing, we're doing the opposite of that? Do you know who did a great job at this? This idea of leading from invitation and starting with a niched audience? No, who? Facebook. When Facebook came on the scene back in 2004, it was my freshman year of college. I'm dating myself here today. Okay, so freshman year of college, I was at the University of Minnesota in the middle of the Midwest in the United States. Okay, at the time when Facebook had come out, they'd been around for a couple of years only on the East Coast for private institutions such as Harvard. My class, my freshman year of college, that initial class was one of the first groups to finally have an introduction into broad-based universities. In fact, you could not even get into Facebook unless you had a .edu email address yep. in the United States. Then Peter, what happened? Two years later, much to my dismay, my mother joins Facebook. What happened is Facebook realized, oh, we've capitalized on the college market and now we'll open it up to everybody. So then adults joined, but you had to be 16 and up. Then what happened? Then they opened it up to you. Do you see how yeah. over time, when they got really good at serving one group, what happened? Everybody else said, I want that. Well, yeah. hold on. Can you help me? Then you begin to expand your audiences and your market share. 
No, perfect, perfect. So given what's going on out there right now in the marketplace, what would be the top three or four tips you would give entrepreneurs tuning into today's episode that they should focus on with their marketing right now to get the best possible mm. results? Okay, so number one, I think that the, the biggest recommendation I can tell you is really ask yourself, who am I targeting and why? And I think that when you do that, there's a couple of things that I would tell you to do. Number one, make a list of 10 to 20 criteria of what the ideal person in that ideal category looks like. Don't just say, oh, I go for million dollar and up companies. Okay, if you walked into a room of 100 C-suite leaders of 101 to $10 million companies, how would you know the 10 or 20 or 30 whose business cards you need to get? What symptoms are you listening for, for pain they're dealing with? What psychographics? Where do these people eat, breathe, sleep, spend their money? Bureaucracy, level of decision-making in their company, who cuts the check? See, if you can get those criteria down, it's really going to then lead to the second piece for smarter marketing, which is asking yourself this. Okay, if that's what idea looks like, where are those people already showing up? What rooms are they already in? digitally or otherwise. If these people that you've defined as ideal buyers are not on Facebook, why are you running Facebook ads or even have a Facebook page? I really think it begs the question, if it behooves you to show up in a leadership mastermind and teach a workshop once a month, and that gives you three prospects, and it was worth an hour of your time in a membership where you're learning more, do it. These are the questions I want you to think about. So then you can write a targeted message to reach those audiences and deliver that message in person on your website. And should SEO and advertising and social media serve you, you can then do that. Know who you're going after, know where they're already showing up and then write the message that's going to resonate with them. Perfect. So that's one, that's two. Did that roll into three and four? Well, three and four, here's what I'll tell you. If I could really give my advice on how to write this, mm-hmm. go find a copywriter. Go That's find perfect. somebody who's a great writer, guys. Go find them, engage them, and ask them, can you help me write a very simple yet provocative brand message that is my 15-second, 20-second pitch? That could be emblazoned on the website, the thing that I say in the room, Please engage a great writer who can help you get that down in short, crisp sentences. And I think if you can do that, it's going to free you up then as a business leader to show up and just speak to that and let the magic happen. Awesome. Now, people want to get in touch with you. They want to connect with you because they love what you're saying. What do they do? The easiest way is to just check out my website. You can contact me there, www.katedeleo.com. You can also find more information on my book. It's a very practical step-by-step guide, actually, of how you can write your brand, exactly like we're discussing. And so if you love just tips and tricks, that's what that is. It's 100 pages only, and read it and highlight it and go for it. And the other way I would just say is, please find me on LinkedIn. If you follow Peter and love his messaging and you heard us today, please reach out on LinkedIn. Send me a message if you have a question on your brand. I would love to engage with you and see how I can support you. And have a conversation, right? Exactly. (laughs) Now, if you love today's episode, please like it, 
share it with others so they can benefit and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. If you're looking to scale your business and you want to know better frameworks that could help you scale effortlessly, head over to booker.com and get in touch. Kate, thank you very much for being such an awesome guest. Appreciate it. And everyone remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. So please stay safe.